Welcome to the Glee Man's Apprentice, a Wheel of Time podcast. I am your Glee Man, Twish Avery. And I am his apprentice, Mandy Cat. Cat has already read the first four books of the series, there are always potential spoilers up through the Shadow Rising. And after that, I'll be reading the rest of the books for the very first time with my Glee Man, Twitch. Alright, welcome back to another episode of the Glee Man's Apprentice. I, of course, am Glee Man Twitch, here with my apprentice. Mandy Cat. How's it going today, <laughs> Mandy? Oh, it's a good day. So I will let listeners in that I just came from the doctor appointment where I got to hear the heartbeat of my growing baby. Yay! Yay! The reveal! It's alive! We've kept it quiet, but yes, you're I'm ready to... Second trimester, so it's coming out January 2022. Awesome. Yep. That is very exciting. It was. It was good. It was like, oh, it's alive. I'm like, I haven't felt anything other than heartburn, but you know. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's good. That's Yeah. No, it's fine. Everything's going fine. That is awesome. Well, I'm happy everything's going well. Yep. You and the baby seem to be doing fine, so that's really exciting. Baby, you're going to have to let... Dylan and I babysit so we can get our baby fix. Because we won't ever have any more kids, but we still like babies. Yeah, I'll welcome any creative names from listeners. Uh, I'm looking at every Aes Sedai name in the book. I'm like, that could do. Everybody in um, in the fandom who listens to this will be wanting to give you name suggestions. Um, You have not met the actual character yet. But oh boy, do I have to but, read ahead? But, but no, but you've met a certain bard in the Wheel of Time community. Oh, yeah. Uh, who, when you do meet that character, he's, he's a fan favorite as well. So, you know, if you wanted to, I'm sure, Andrew, if you have, if you have a little boy. <laughs> um, Andrew the Bard. And that would be the name. And you could name the him bard. the Bard. The Bard would be the middle name. <laughs> <laughs> Or that would just be his last name on his birth certificate. Oh, that'd be even better. <laughs> Andrew the Bard. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay. Well, um, yeah, I had a really busy week, uh, and but it was good, and um, yeah, not much to report on my end. 
Nope, we got some rain today right after oh, God, so I left much. for the doctor appointment having put the clothes on the clothesline. But I am grateful we were in a drought. So yeah. I'm just like, eh, whatever, I'll wash them again. Or just leave them on the <laughs> oh, clothesline yeah. and they'll dry this afternoon. It's supposed to get hot again. So, so we're grateful for rain. Yes. And it was like a monsoon to be more Oh, it, it, was about, it was about 10 minutes of just deluge. That was awesome. It's just crazy, crazy rain. So, but... This week, we are covering chapters 22, Out of the Stone, or, yeah, right? 22, Out of the Stone, and 23, Beyond the Stone. Beyond the Stone. And And I made a note that this is, like, it's been a good book, and I thought that the first read-through, but this is where I feel the excitement really starts turning. This, this is, I mean, it's, it, we haven't had as many slow chapters at the beginning of this book as we have the previous three, um... Well, I mean, book one moved pretty fast, but uh, uh, but then there was that really slow period with uh, the travels of Madden Rand. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this book hasn't. We haven't had a lot of slow, boring no. chapters. Most of it, even the slow ones, have been a lot of information, a lot of character growth. So, uh, um, but you're right. This is when it gets crazy. We get a. Uh, uh, throwback to something that we learned about uh, back in book two. That caused the flicker, flicker, flicker scene. Flicker, flicker, flicker. Yeah, we are on a roller coaster, and we're not even halfway through the shadow rising. Uh, so uh, yeah, no. This let's is great. start chapter okay. twenty-two, out of the stone. Okay, here we go. Rand and company leave Tear. Right, so everyone else we've we've met. Who who all is left? Loyal and company are in the ways. Loyal, um, yeah, Loyal, Perrin, Fael, and the and the uh, the Ail. Nynaeve and, and Elaine, Elaine, along with Tom and Ju Julin, Julin. Yeah, Sandra. I call I call him Julin. A lot of people call him like Joylin, but um, I call him Julin. They're on a boat off to Tanchico. Yes. So we've already confirmed that. So they now, are going to Tan and Tanchico. They literally start by leaving the stone. So Rand and company don't have a procession. That was his choice. He didn't want any fanciness. He even is riding amongst the Aiel without his fancy coat. So he just blends right in. Yeah. He's like, yeah, people probably just think I'm some rich guy. I think he makes a... I think he has a thought that he could, he could even possibly be... Uh, Mistaken as like uh, High Lord's groom that just happened right in front. Well, maybe not that. But. Yeah, and there are villagers coming out to look at the party. Um, because it's funny they haven't necessarily seen all the Aiel. The Aiel came late at night. Yeah, right into the stone. Yeah, most and, of the city hasn't seen Aiel, and they've been in the stone. So now they're doubting. This can't be all the Aiel who took barely three hundred Aiel <laughs> took the stone. No fucking way. There's at least a thousand more. Yeah, at so least. It's kind of funny, and then that's where the Rand's guessing. Yeah, all these villagers will just think I'm a rich guy, and probably think Lan or Moraine are the actual leaders. So. The huge with that, right? Yeah. Um, then Aguin approaches Rand, asking, hey, is it right for the Aiel to take all those things? And then, I don't know if you want to read any of this, but Rand is asking Aguin if Avienda has told her about the fifth. Yeah. And Aguin's just like, I, would Avienda take Things? Yeah, yeah. He's, he says, didn't your friend Avianda explain to you about the fifth? She mentioned something, but Rand, you don't think she took things too? And I'll just read this real quick. Um, 
When Ail took one of the holds of an enemy clan in the waist, by custom, or maybe law, Rand did not quite understand it exactly, they carried away one-fifth of all it contained, excepting only food. They had seen no reason not to treat the stone the same. Not that the mules held more than the barest fraction of a fraction of the fifth of the stone's treasure. Ruark said greed had killed more, than, more men than steel. The wickerwork pack hampers, topped with rolled carpets and wall hangings, were lightly laden. Ahead lay an eventual hard crossing of the spine of the world, and then a far harder trek across the waste. So, um, so yeah, he kind of explains like a little bit of uh, I.O. culture. Um, I do appreciate that I.O. won't take food. Yeah, they'll take they have the, honor. Yeah, right? yeah, they're like we, you know, we you need to stay alive so that we can raid you again and take more stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so make, more, make more cool stuff for us. Right. I mean, it, it really is like, like there's, uh, in a lot of fantasy literature and, and shows, there's this common theme that uh, you treat the people that you conquer well so that they produce for you and don't want to rebel against you, right? Kind of like the Sianchen, huh? Kind of. And the conquerors who treat their their, you know, new you know, realm horrible, they, you know, they run the risk of having the locals join together and form an uprising. So, uh, so no, it's, it's, it's good practice, you know. Yeah. Um, and at some point, and maybe it's in the future, but Egwene does justify, well, if it had been reversed, uh, the people of Ter would have taken everything, not just a fifth. Yeah, I mean, uh, Answering her question about, you don't think she took things too, he, he says, I saw her showing Ruark a silver bowl. From the way her sack clinked when she stuffed the bowl in, there was more silver in there. Or maybe gold. Do you disapprove? No. She drew the word out slowly with a touch of doubt, but then her voice firmed. I just hadn't thought of her... Well, the Terrans would not have stopped at a fifth if the positions had been reversed. They'd have carted away whatever wasn't part of the stonework and stolen all, all the carts to haul it. Just because a people's ways are different doesn't mean they are wrong, Rand. You should know that. <laughs> she and, just did a 180, right? Yep, yeah. She's yep, like, she, Avienda wouldn't do it. And now she's like, Rand, don't make fun of Avienda for doing her cultural duty. And, and he <laughs>, laughs. Yeah. Like, he, he, actually, he actually kind of enjoys it because it takes him back to, like, the way they used to treat each other. You know, him, like, about to explain the way things are, and then she picks up and reverses it so that she can make herself seem like, you know, the right one. Yeah. Like, she's... I'd she's, probably do the same, Agreen, let's admit it. <laughs> she's, I mean, we all know people who have to be right, no matter what. Even if they're wrong, they have to be right. And Egwene's very much, you know, she has some of those characteristics. Sometimes. Yeah. I'd say Nynaeve is probably worse. And Nynaeve, well, and I mean, who had a very strong part in uh, the raising of yeah. Egwene, right? That's, so it, it makes sense, like okay. nurture versus nature, right? So Egwene compliments Rand's fine horse, asks for its name. I thought this was really sweet. You can add details if you want, but Rand doesn't super detail it, but the horse's name is Jaden, and he's thinking to himself, he took it from his favorite book, The Adventures of Jane Farstrider, which, by the way, I really hope there's, like, a prequel of Jane Farstrider because it's always brought up in these books. But anyway, um, Jane Farstrider, um, 
had was a traveler who named his horse Jaden, or there was a Jayden. traveler who named yep. his horse Jaden. Jaden. <laughs> meaning true finder in old tongue because the animal had always been able to find its way home and it was nice for Rand to think that his horse Jaden might carry him home someday. Back to the two rivers. Yeah. Yep. Uh, he does, like, he's a little embarrassed. He thinks it's kind of childish to name yeah. a horse after, like, his favorite, like, Boy store. Hooks. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's kind of like if somebody got a horse and named it... Um, Paul Bunyan. Or, 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 or like, Roach from the, from the Witcher series. Or uh, Bill. Like, if I, got a, if I got a horse, there's a very good chance I would name it Bill after... Uh, Sam's pony in um, Lord the Lord of the Rings, you know, because uh, Sam loved Bill. And, and I, I, I would use Buttercup from uh, Princess Bride. There you go. There you go. Or or another good one would be uh, um, Shadowfax from the Lord of the oh, Rings. Yeah. So, That's anyways, badass. I mean, but but he's a little embarrassed of naming it after a story. Um, so, but I mean, it's a cool name, Jade. It's yeah. a cool name, and that's why I put it in there. It's actually a sweet moment, even though he doesn't tell Egwene. But Egwene's here, all distracted, so she's not connecting any dots. So they write in some silence, and Rand keeps thinking this thought: I gotta tell them at some point, and he's avoiding telling all these people something. But at the same time, Egwene brings up Elaine, and Rand, why'd you leave it that way? You should have supported Elaine's choice. Or, no, no, no. This is great. Rand says, I supported Elaine's choice to go to Tanchico. You know, protection from me in the bubbles of evil. And then Egwene is like, well, of course Elaine had the right to choose Tanchico. But you should have at least told her you would have liked her to stay. You should have at least tried oh to talk her into staying. gosh. Communication, guys. And he's like, why? She wanted to go. He did the, like, quote-unquote right thing. I don't, I don't know if there's a right or wrong to that, but... He's so confused about girls. And, and that's very much not, like, I don't know anybody who doesn't get confused by the opposite sex or even, even the same gender. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, like we, just, we just befuddle each other. We're all so different. That's cool. It's just funny because the girls wanted more dramatics is essentially they, what they were hoping. They were hoping for their girlhood stories. No, love, do, you, right? do you know what Elaine wanted? Elaine wanted Rand to do exactly what Lan did with my Eve. He wanted uh, her to come in, yeah. berate her for leaving, and then sweep her up in a big kiss. Wait a minute. Rand is so far from Lan. I'm just Lan. saying, that's but what Elaine wanted. She's I, jelly. Yes. That is so cute. She wanted that same reaction. She wanted this oh, poetry. I she see. wanted the fluttering. She wanted the, the aggressive making out session in front of her friends. Like, she wanted that. And she didn't get it. And that's why she wrote that second letter that was like, fuck you, you fucking fucking her. Fuck off. (laughs) Do you think that's enough for him to sweep me off my feet? I'll send it. Uh, All right, so Moraine interrupts the whole thing and she's like, nope, tell me part two of your plan. Astutely guessing he has not finished revealing everything. We learn Matt's nearby, but doing his typical stay at distance from Moraine because Matt doesn't like I should die. Rand checks with Matt... Hey, do you really want to do this trip? And Matt's sarcastic. Like, who doesn't want a vacation to Ruidian? It's the best place ever, you know. <laughs> um, and then Moraine does a little bit of chiding about allowing Perrin to flee, calling it a grave error. But this is where Rand does defend himself and Perrin by announcing, I know my duty. 
and some needed to return to two rivers. I yep. think, does Lamb give some agreement, like some sort of nod? Or... So, so, yeah, so I'll read it real fast. One of us had to go back, Moraine, and Perrin wanted to. You're willing to let anything go to save the world. I, I do what I have to. The warder nodded, though he said nothing. Land would not disagree with Moraine in front of others. But <laughs> once again, once again, and it happens often, and we always bring it up, Lan is showing, not preference, but he... Come he's 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 siding with the Emmonsfielders just as often but as he's siding with Moraine. But if I were to reread, if I re- reread right now, whatever chapter chapter three four, I don't know, I of the world, Lan was just cool, aloof, and like not giving these kids the time of day. Exactly. He so, didn't. He, he didn't like like that. I I think it's chapter nine, leave taking when they when they leave and uh, they're intending to only take the three boys and they end up taking Egwene and Tom as well, right? Yeah. Um. The whole time, he's like, he doesn't show emotion, but he's he's annoyed. He's like, really, is this part of the pattern too? You know, like, right. like in the beginning, he was so stoic and and yeah. and it really like he started training with the boys and teaching them lessons, and maybe some fondness started there, but I don't think it really started until Nynaeve caught up to them and he was impressed by her tracking skills, and then they started falling in love, and that's I think when, uh, and 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 also like just. Seeing Rand's journey yeah. and, and knowing, like, truly knowing what Rand is carrying on his back, because in a lot of ways, Land is carrying a similar thing, For because sure. he is destined to like, basically go and and die, avenging the fall of Malkier, you know, and yeah. and and so he he gets the weight that that uh, Rand is carrying on his shoulders, and 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 he's he's developed. A, uh, a fondness of Rand. He's his mentor, you know? And this is where Rand at last announces his plan. Part two. They will use a portal stone to get uh, to Ruidian. Matt goes into a meltdown and he's just panicking. <laughs> we almost died last time. I, Rand's just encouraging him. Well, yeah, Matt, you can still leave. And then Matt kind of says, yeah, I got to keep going. Um, without trying to let them know why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Egwene does agree. Yeah, Varen said it was pretty unpleasant last time. And Moraine also reminds him that per Varen, the last journey with Portal Stones nearly exhausted Rand and all yep. of his power, so that's also not good. Yep. And then we got... <sighs> and there are more people now, a yeah. lot more people now than there were back then. Well, and here's what happens. Rand gives a review of what was in all those books he'd been reading in the stone. If you remember, he always had books in his bedroom, and he's talked about going to the library. Um, And apparently in one book, a peddler wrote of seeing a city in the clouds near, I assume, near Ruidian. And they're like, there's no city in the clouds. This is make-believe. But Rand then describes that the librarian had showed him maps and documents of at least four portal stones near Tear. Side note, the irony, the city that hates the power the most is revealing, like we're learning, it must have been very powerful in the past with the power to have four portal stones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, well, I mean, we know that nations have risen and fallen, risen and fallen, risen and fall. So it okay. probably wasn't Tear at the time. Although we do, I, I'm pretty sure we've gotten the note that Tear is one of the oldest nations. Yeah. Um... 
So Rand goes back to the peddler's story and learn and says, the Aiel let the peddler leave with the horse and water, and rumor has it he made it as far as a studying in the spine of the world and met a man named Soren Milo, who at the time was writing a book called The Killers of the Black Vale. Um, everyone else is just doubting there is no city in the clouds, and Moraine sniffs at Rand's story, but he thinks to the mystery of Viridian, which the other Aiel will not talk about, even Rourke will not talk about yep. in about the clan of Jen Aiel, of which there's little information either. Yeah. So so there's a lot of mystery. So maybe there could be a city in the cloud. Maybe you know there's that. a city in the cloud. Anywho, I'm thinking of that uh, anime movie, Castle in the Sky. That's I... what comes to my mind. So Rand has a map, and he's looking around the vast era. He's like, here's the map. We're going to find it. And, you know, just I'm just picturing being out in, like, South Dakota or Montana where it's just it's just a lot of land, you know, especially when, I don't know, you're in the Black Hills. Everything looks like a, I don't know, land formation. But land just quietly hints, you know, Rand, the Aiel have a lot of people. Rand takes a hint, describes what he's looking for to Ruark, who then calls nearby Aiel folks to start the search. Yep. Smart. I love it. So we get some names, right? Is this the different clans? Yeah. Do you, do you want me to... Yeah, read them. Okay, so... Um, striding along beside the Dapple Stallion, the Aiel men frowned slightly, as much as a worried grimace from most other men, then nodded. We can find this thing, he raised his voice. Athandor! Far does our din! Duwada Mwadi In, Fardarzmai, Sayadun, Shamad Kande. So the only one I say on a regular basis is Fardarzmai, so I kind of struggled with some of the other, because mostly I just read it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, and then we get what they are. So, Afandor are Red Shields, Far Alzar Din, Brothers of the Eagle, Duwada Mwadi In, Water Seekers, Fardarzmai, we know, Maidens of the Spear, Sayadun, Black Eyes, Shamad Kande, Thunderwalkers. And to clarify, are these clans or are these just their society? So, so these are societies. Society. These are the warrior Got societies. And then we, we do get a little bit, I don't know if you put this in your notes, but we do get a little bit uh, of explanation from Ruark, but that's in a little bit, so you might Okay, have... okay. So Rand just spies Egwene's friend, Avienda, who more or less ignores him as she walks by. And he gave all these people who gathered the specific description of what they're to look for, and they go seeking. And Rand's wondering out loud what had held these people together so long. And yeah. I think this is maybe that description you were talking about, right? Where Rourke starts talking about the feuds between the clans. or Yes. Not for the first time, Rand wondered what had held them together so far. Was it just the prophecies of the stone falling and the search for he who comes with the dawn? Then, and he, he's thinking this, at least yeah. he thinks he's thinking this. And then Ruark says, more than that, that's when Rand realizes he had spoken his thoughts out loud. Prophecy brought us over the dragon wall, and the name that is not spoken drew us to the Stone of Tear. That name, of course, was the people of the dragon. The secret name for the Io. Only clan chiefs and wise ones knew or used it, apparently seldom, and only with each other. For the rest, no one may shed the blood of another of the same society, of course, yet mixing Sharad with Goshin, Tardad with Nakai with Shido, 
Even I might have danced the spears with the Shido if the wise ones had not made everyone who crossed the dragon wall swear water oath to treat any Aiel of the same society on this side of the mountains, even sneaking Shido. You see, it is not easy, even for me. And then we get a little bit of history about who the Shido are, and they're just, they're, they're one of the least savory right. just, and uh, uh, clans. As they are headed into the waste, certainly we'll keep learning more. Okay. Uh, does he kind of end, though? I thought this was interesting. At the end, he talks about, at least we're not in a blood feud yet, but maybe no more blood will be shed soon. And he just stares at Rand without expression, which I'm guessing he's just trying to figure out if Rand really is he who comes with the dawn. Yep. So, kind of cool. Rourke's maybe starting to believe. And clearly, Rand's on a mission to prove that part. Like, yeah. To me, this is... Maybe I wasn't totally reading into it first read-through just because I was enjoying it for pleasure. But now it's like, yeah, we know Rand has to... He's trying to do everything he's supposed to do. He, he's, he's trying to fulfill the prophecies. And he's starting to realize that over on this side of the Dragon Wall, in the wetlands, as the I.O. call it... Yeah. Um... It's not just the wetland prophecy. There's yeah. there's other prophecies. So he's trying to learn as much as he can to keep following to to fulfill all the different, um, you know, all the different prophecies. And all the prophecies are very like archaic in their in their wording. They're 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 nondescriptive. They're you know what I mean. Very metaphorical. So it's really hard to interpret. Good job, Brand. Good job. It, it, he's he's smart. He and he and he knows that he's, you know, got this yeah. duty that he has to do, and and so he's trying to do it right. And he also knows there are very evil, bad people after him as well. So he's trying to get ahead of them as well. So okay. So here, Rand gets distracted because a maiden of the spear is shouting and waving her arms. Lo and behold, she's found the portal stone. Who is it? And it's Avienda. Of course, it's Avienda. So they all race over. And Rand has a moment with Avienda just asking, why don't you like me? And she just alludes to him getting to walk free and doesn't really finish her thought, just instead saying, you treated Elaine badly. I usually don't care, but Elaine is a Gween's near sister, and so I must support Elaine, basically. Yeah. And if a Gween's trying to be your friend, I will also try. And again, Rand is just confused by all this girl talk. Yeah. So Rand begins wiping away the dust on the portal and it's still in relatively okay shape just covered by some of the dust he's digging away dirt and stuff he's looking for the two wavy lines that symbolize toman's head just because he's trying to figure out okay what's the bottom of the stone that should be on the bottom yeah and he's thinking back to what he actually learned from lanfear i.e celine way back about portal stones so symbols at the top represent worlds symbol at the bottom portals locations right yeah yeah so Ruark shows him the two symbols that are found at the stone in Ruidian. Because Ruark recognized this whole thing. He's like, yeah, there's one of these near Ruidian. And he's recognizing these two triangles that are on forked lightning. One with a left arrow, one with a right arrow. And it's an ancient written symbol for Ruidian. Yeah, yeah. which is pretty cool. Um, and of course, Rand's just like, tell me more about Ruidian. And Ruark's suddenly very reluctant but does that's where he explains that, yeah, this is wise men once and clansmen wait near one of these on the slopes of Chandar. Then Avienda's pissed that Ruark shared all this. 
So yeah. Rourke says, I know nothing more. First rule of Ruidian. There is no Ruidian. Ha. That makes sense. Okay. So, beautiful moment. Egwene just calls Rand out, you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> and Moraine um, makes an odd comment on the side about finding out just how useful dreaming really is. And I, I didn't know what to make of it when I was first reading yeah. it. I was like, well, and neither does Egwene. Is that because of the portal stone kind of, you know, that, that place the portal stone goes through is almost similar yeah. to the dream world, like from what Varen explained books ago? Anywho. Rand really doesn't know how to differentiate the symbols. He know, he has everything but which should I do the left arrow or right arrow? So Matt saves the day. Matt comes over. He's reluctant. But he's like, oh, sometimes I get lucky. And he just pulls a random coin out of his pocket. Tarvalon gold, of course. And then he just says, heads for right and flame for left. Flips the coin and much to Egwene's dismay. He catches it. He catches it, yeah. and Matt even warns, it's foolish to trust coins, but Rand <clears throat> says, the coin is flame, and yeah. it is. Yep. And all we know is Rand just says, it has to work for me sooner or later, and no one understood he doesn't explain that. I don't even get it. I'm like, is Rand starting to tap into luck, or is he using his power to sense stuff? Um, I'm, I think, and I'm pretty sure I thought this the first read-through, too, I think he's talking about just being like, the most powerful Tavern to ever live. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. Like my Taverniness needs to, to work for me sometimes. Okay. Up until then, he feels at least like it just works against him. But uh, um, <laughs> but I mean, we we we've, we've seen evidence that his Tavern often you know works for him. But in this, that's what I think. That's okay. that that's my belief is that he's talking about his Tavern nature needs to work for him sometimes. Okay. So Rand asks Rourke, hey. Get all the I.O. folks and clo- horses close. We're going directly to Ruidian. And here Rand pulls out his special, what I don't even know, what, what do you call it when you have like a bonus power or something. But uh, His, his, his uh, enhancer, yeah, level, enhancer. His, his power enhancer. And you know like what his, it like is? This, like the star in Super Mario, yeah. right? Which gives you the power to just like run into things and kill them. Yeah. Except it's just a small figurine from his pouch. And it's this little green man sitting with a sword. And he rubs it for luck. So it is an Angriol, but Moraine's just like, what the fuck? That is too You're you, going to burn yourself out. You, you, you left... Uh, Calendor uh, back in the stone, and you took this tiny little Buddha with a yeah. sword. <laughs> That's yeah. kind of how I picture I, I picture a little round belly Buddha, but holding a sword. <laughs> oh my gosh! So Moraine, I want to rub his little belly, and that's probably what he does to make the yeah, power. He's work, rubbing you know? it. <laughs> And it's probably really cute and whatever, but I do agree with Marie. I'm like, what the fuck, man? But then I also thought, nah, he knows what he's doing. He couldn't bring Calendor. I have, I have a feeling that's also important in the IEL world. But Yeah, um, but she doesn't get it. She's, no. she's, she's pissed. She's annoyed. She's, once again, things are outpacing her and she doesn't like it. But she makes another, she has some really good comments. She's like, Rand, you are a strong Taviran. You could rip the age lace for all of time, which sounds like a bad thing. However, you know what Rand does. He boosts himself and he's determined, I'm bringing everyone and every animal and as a means of goodwill for the new place he's entering, I'm going to be successful. So he tells himself to go for it and I'll let you read that final paragraph. So He wrapped himself in the void and reached out for the true source, that sickly flickering light that was always there, just over his shoulder. The power filled him, breath of light, life, Wind to uproot oaks, 
Summer wind sweetened with flowers, foul waftings from a midden heap. Floating in emptiness, he fixed the lightning lace triangle before him and reached through the angrel, drew deeply at the raging torrent of Sidin. He had to carry them all. It had to work. Holding that symbol, he pulled at the one power, pulled it into him until he was sure he would burst. Pulled more, more. The world seemed to weak, wink out of existence. Flicker, 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 flicker. Just kidding. The flicker's not there. I just added the flicker. But but yeah, I love it. The world winked out of existence and end chapter. End chapter ends right there. Bam! Oh! It's a page turner. He does such a great job at ending chapters. I'm like, I can't stop now. I've been reading for three hours. It's two o'clock in the morning and I have to keep reading right now. Little RJ. Oh man, he he was brilliant in his <clears throat> brilliant, especially in like this book. His pacing is so incredible in this book, at least in my opinion. So of course we gotta turn the page. Chapter twenty three, Beyond the Stone, and Egwene opens this chapter. Immediately feeling heat, the blazing from the sun scorching through her shoes from the earth she's standing upon. Her sweats described as pouring out of every pore and dampening her clothes only to quickly evaporate. So I'm just thinking, Randa actually freaking did it. <laughs> he did it. There wasn't six, whatever, 27 flickers or whatever it was. It was over and done with. Yep. So, and then Egwene looks up and in between mountains, she sees dense fogs and some towers sticking out of it. A city. A city in, in the, the clouds. clouds. What the fuck? Ah, ah! The peddler was right. Oh my God. Matt's celebrating. That pepper needs a name. Uh, what should we call him? Tuck Tuck? Tuck, 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 sure. Tuck Tuck the Peddler. Found Matt, a city in the clouds. I'm proud of Tuck Tuck. <laughs> and his trusting mare. So Matt's celebrating, we made it! And then realizes Rand is just on the ground, totally spent, and Moraine's oh, chiding yeah. him already. That little angry was not sufficient to the task minor lecture that he must start weighing the pros and cons so she's actually even literally schooling him like yeah you gotta start thinking before you, can you do burn yourself out yeah. you can kill people like you need to be careful but the, but but what she doesn't understand is he's thought about this yeah she's like you need to think about what you're doing and he's like all i fucking do is think about what i need to do like, i read all every I do. manuscript I read, in that room i, I i'm studying Tyr, I'm studying relationships between Tyr and Mayan and trying to figure out all I can about Ruidian and trying to figure out all I can about the prophecies of the dragon, the uh, prophecies of he who comes with the dawn. I'm, I, I'm, all I do is think about what I'm going to do and you're telling me to yeah. think about what I'm doing. That's all I do. But what Rand Sorry, actually Lance. says is, well, we made it. And Lan's <laughs> yes. just agreeing and that's what matters. Yep. <laughs> Fucking love agreeing. Lan. Egwene's left feeling like she's listening to children. Moraine's informing Rand that the fatigue of channeling is not so easily healed as typical fatigue. Touches him anyway, and then he's just like, you gotta ask yep. before using your power on yep. me. I'm not your pet dog. Yep, from now on, this has to be a consensual yeah. thing. Which Tom has felt too, yep. so. Yeah, and, and, and yes, and we've talked about it as Informed well. consent, guys. All right, Egwene, again, finds Rand childish and even ungrateful. Then a surprise land allowed him to talk that way to Moraine. But we know Land's allegiances are changing. I slowly but surely. I wouldn't say changing. I think that he's still very much 
aligned with Moraine and will die for How her. How about evolving? But it, it, exactly. Okay. They're expanding. His allegiances are expanding. He's, he's now, now it's not only Moraine that he is dedicated to. He's becoming dedicated. Wow, there's some thunder going on outside. If you hear any vibrating, that's what that is. Um, that's yeah, the first song you, summer. You know what I mean? He's, he's, yeah. He's, okay, it's evolving. Because yeah. I'd still say it's changing, but I know what you're saying. It isn't different, but it he, is. I, yeah, he's I not okay. leaving behind Moraine. He's just adding in other people. Yes, inclusivity. Eguin notes the silence of the Aiel folks. Once the meals are all calm, and she realizes they're staring in the distance on the mountain slope where we can see two separate camps, one's large, one's small, almost blending into the mountain. And there's more Aeol folks at those camps, at the ready, Shoop is up, weapons out, and is like, oh crap, this is, this is real, guys. Well, yeah, they just, <laughs> how do you, how do you feel, you're, you're out camping, and like, there's like a big group of people all camping, they all have their own little campsites, right? And all of a sudden... 300 plus people just show up, just pop in nowhere, you know, you'd be like, what the fuck? It'd be unusual, that is for sure. <laughs> A voice calls out, the peace of Ruidian. And then Eguine notes a third smaller camp and four women approaching, one of whom she recognizes as the white-haired Amos. Eguine observes the women, um... This is gets blended in here and there, but there is a younger blonde woman about 10 to 15 years older than her, Amos with white hair and suntan skin, who also still looks relatively young. Yeah. An older woman with gray hair and then another elderly woman with some white hair. An, an elderly woman. Like Super she, elderly. She, she thinks this might be the oldest person she's ever met. And Super we, wrinkly skin. Yeah. Our, you know, these are definitely the four wise ones who wrote to Moraine, yeah, basically. Yeah, I, I would guess so. make a safe guess. So, again, the older woman of the group calls out in a powerful voice, The peace of Ruidian be on you, who comes to Chandar, may return to their holds in peace. There shall be no blood on the ground. And that settles it. Yeah. Weapons put away, shoof is down. Yep. Yeah. Matt tucks away his knives, Lange uses dagger. You know, Rand looks a lot calmer himself. And the eel folks from the stone begin heading towards their separate camps. Some even going around the mountain. Others going to the established camps on the slopes. So, there you have it. Aguin is looking over at Avienda, figuring she'd share more details of what on earth is going on. But the gray-streaked wise one calls out, You shall stay, Avienda. And Avienda pauses where she is. Aguin wants to go talk to her, but does take Maureen's warning. Stay out of it. Yep. And notes, yeah, Avienda does not look like she's in a good mood. And this is where I'm just thinking, put the pieces together. Yeah. Avienda's been moping about freedom. She can yeah. definitely. Yeah, I was already thinking she could channel, but. Yeah, okay. Well, I, I, think, that's, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Uh, both Elaine and uh, Egwene have mentioned, like, feeling some sort of kinship with the woman. Yeah. Um, and we do know that that, that like, yeah, and we already got a surprise that sea folk can channel. If you really think of it, we've, we're already prepped that a lot of people have special abilities. There are more women who, who can channel, who know how to channel, who have control of their channeling that the White Tower doesn't know about. Yeah. They, they've been able to slide under the radar of the White Tower. And I think the whole time, the wise ones just sounds to me like wise women who in other you know it's it's like what Nynaeve more or less was yeah and Nynaeve can change I don't know yep, yep. so that's my own brain mushing stuff together. oh yeah no and, and I definitely <laughs> think that's fair and we are going to find out more soon Ruark approaches Amos I am come back 
And despite not arriving how you think I'd arrive, she just reassures him, no, I dreamed you'd come on this very day. And Egwene gets this other... Egwene learns a lot, and I enjoy talking about what Egwene learns because she has this aha moment of why Maureen previously suggested they'd find out how accurate dreaming is because Maureen was talking to that letter she received way back a couple chapters ago saying that Avienda was to go to um, Meridian... Um, and that that letter must have included the specific day, the specific which would have sounded ridiculous when you are leaving the stone on that on specific that day. day. Yep, yep. And so then she's also telling Moraine, like, why'd you argue Rand if you knew all this? But Moraine didn't put it fully together till Rand said, the portal stones. And once he could not dissuade Moraine that the portal stones were real, she went with it. Boom. Here we are. Yeah. So. I, it, okay, so. Good Just stuff. very briefly, we're we're getting a little bit of uh, evolution with Moraine as well. She's things she she's starting to learn how to go with the flow, the flow not knowing like yeah. like she is no longer in control and that drives her crazy. But she's yeah. doing her like I think like in order for her to have any sense of control, she has to kind of surrender to what's going on, kind of the way she does when she reaches out for side R. Um, and yeah, she's uh, a type A personality. She's, but I, she's she's learning. She's adapting. She's a very intelligent woman. We know this. So, but it's 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 a struggle for her. But she's she's getting there. And in all fairness, in the movies, when there's like a sensei, I feel like they do test their subjects. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Have I really know what you're doing when there's they just want their subject to just do it. But yep. They they want to make sure they're prepped. Yeah. This gets pretty detailed. I couldn't help myself, listeners, but there's. I feel everything is important. So if you just... Well, you're welcome to jump in, Twitch, if you just want to read some of it. But basically, two men approach the wise ones from their camps. There's a fiery redhead with muscles and some weapons. Then a leaner, older, darker man. And here, um, I think this is important, but Ruark asked the older man, Heron. We get his name right away? Heron, yep. And uh, did you want to just read that? I... Like that quote. I see you, Heron. Has one of the Sep chiefs decided I am already dead? Who seeks to take my place? I see you, Ruark. No one of the Tardad has entered Ruidian, or seeks to. Amis said she would come meet you here today, and these other wise ones traveled with her. I brought these men of the Jindo Sept to see they arrived safely. Ruark nodded solemnly. Egwene had the feeling something important had just been said, or hinted at. The wise ones did not look at the fiery-haired man, and neither did Ruark or Hern. But for the color rising in the fellow's cheeks, they might as well have been staring at him. She glanced at Moraine and got a tiny shake of the head. The Aes Sedai did not understand either. Yeah. Uh, this is beautiful, and, it, and we actually get Lamb to interpret what yeah. happens. Yep. Um, do you want me to read that? Yeah, go ahead. So he, so Lan leans down and speaks very quietly. A wise one can go anywhere safely, into any hold, regardless of clan. I think not even blood feuds touches a wise one. This heron came to protect Ruark from whoever the other camp is, but it would not be honorable to say it. I like that. Yeah. I like... I, I just like, I, I don't know, I like this scene, it's probably why I detailed it. And, and there's, there's just a little bit more, because Moraine lifts an eyebrow, and he adds, I don't know much of them, but I fought them often before I met you. You have never asked me about them. 
I will remedy that. So we know that one of those uh, camps is bad. I mean, to me, I think it's easy to put them in the bad category. If, if a Klansman was that worried yep. to come protect, yep. basically protect Ruark, and, you know, keep remembering there's not supposed to be any bloodshed at Ruidian. That's a big deal that he yeah. thought it significant enough, I better come. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, Fiery redhead, you know, we can interpret he must be of the clan that would threaten other safety uh-huh. and i i'm gonna put it in here because i don't know how much i keep repeating they keep ignoring him no yep. that is the best tactic and i admit to using it to people if and it pisses people off to be ignored yeah but there's certain times like this as they keep talking they have a conversation of you know for the basically the people who are doing what they're supposed to be doing yeah. and we're gonna learn more but this redhead maybe kind of sort of is putting himself out of his place Okay, yeah. I think it's fair to say. But yeah. before that yeah. happens, another sweet moment from Lan, just like, here's some water, Egwene, and then he's dumping like water on both Moraine and Egwene's heads, giving them strips for, um, basically soak this strip of cloth in water, put it on your head. So he's taking care of them in the heat, and here Lan is not taking water, he's good to go, but yeah. he's like, the heat will kill you. In, uh, um... I've been a baker most of my adult life, and in the summer, it, it's, it's, it's hard to have AC in a bakery because you don't want to mess up the proofing process. Um, so one thing that we would do is we would wear uh, bandanas over our heads, and we would soak them in like an ice bucket, like an ice water bucket, yeah. and then throw them on our heads, and Ugh. because you're working right in front of an oven, you can't have AC, or else it'll dry out the bread that's proof. You know what I mean? So, and then so were you I, working I, I in totally like... Does it get humid in your bakeries? And in, in Minnesota, your deli bakeries, because I worked in grocery stores, it's also humid. Yes, yes, and yes. And you want to just... Yeah, just die. Uh, in Utah, um, no, not so much. Not, not, not really that humid. But still, the heat um, would But suck. still the heat. Uh, you know, and then the, the adding on, you're standing in front of a 400 degree oven. You know what I mean? You're opening it a lot. It gets really fucking hot. So I, so I, like, I 100% related to this. As soon as I read this... Um, or actually, I actually started baking after I started reading these books, so maybe I got the idea from these books. Oh, Lance taught you something. Lance taught me a lot. I take a lot of advice from Lan and, and <laughs> place it in the real world uh, situations. Him and uh, Ruark, they're very wise oh, men. Like they're very wise men. Egwene keeps observing, and, she, uh, and it's almost like there's been enough silence between Ruark and Heron that at last Ruark turns his head head to the redhead and that just asks do the shy are the shido without a chief kualadin called in i don't like his name kualadin uh kualadin 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 reminds me of colin and i picture the sickly fellow from um the secret garden when he was still a brat anyway kualadin okay so kualadin announces swaldrick is dead muradin has entered Ruidian, and if he fails i will enter that, and right here, the elderly wise one reminds Kuladin, You have not asked. You must ask if Muradin fails. And Kuladin just keeps bitching, It's my right! And she says, mm, Unlikely you'll enter at any rate, even if Muradin fails. We get her name. You didn't say it. Oh, I didn't say it. It is my right, bear! Bear. Bear. He wanted to say bitch, though. I know he did. He's not nice. <laughs> um, bear is the elderly 
wise woman, correct? The super elderly? Uh, yes. Okay. And spoiler warning, out of these four wise ones that we meet, I fucking love Bear. She's probably my favorite out of the four of them. I, I just, she's I the one that I picture in any fantasy movie where I've been trying to make her voice that really loud. She's just got the power. And I don't mean the true power. I just mean the kick-ass woman power of I'm old and knowledgeable. Yeah, I know more than you, so shut the fuck up. All right, sorry we had a bubble of evil. It was me. A drink spilled. Um, Nega was just my clumsiness, but now we are back. Back to this fiery redhead Kuladin who's still bitching to Bear, and he's just whining. My first brother entered Radian to return marked as clan chief and lead the Shido to honor. We mean to... Self interrupts. He does not finish what they mean to do, but I'm just going to go ahead and finish it myself, and it sounds like the Shidos are douches planning Aiel world domination, judging by this fiery redhead. Okay. Anywho, Amos has already dismissed him, and she's talking to Ruark. Mm-hmm. I love, and again, I just love ignore unwanted behavior, and that's that's why I say I love that tactic because truly, you're reinforcing unwanted behavior when you pay attention to it. Exactly. So if he's talking out of line, and it's judge deemed this is not your place. Yes, ignore it. So yep. anywho, Amos is talking to Ruark. Um, there is one who came with you, and then Ran kneels down. More or less asking permission to go to Rudian. Did you want to read his fine words? Our fancy Rand has fancy words. Rand looked taken aback for a moment, hesitating. But then he strode up the slope to stand near Ruark at eye level to the woman. Sweat plastered his white shirt to his body and made darker patches on his breeches. With a twisted white cloth tied around his head, he certainly did not look so grand as he had in the heart of the stone. He made an odd bow... Left foot advanced, left hand on knee, right hand outstretched, palm upward. By the right of blood, he said, I ask leave to enter Ruidian for the honor of our ancestors and the memory of what was. Amis blinked in evident surprise, and Bear murmured, An ancient form, but the question has been asked. I answer yes. I also answer yes, Bear. Amos said. Siana? This man is no Aiel! Oh, I love this. Broken angrily. Kuladin has a hissy fit. It is death for him to be on this ground. Why has Ruark brought him? Why? Do you wish to be a wise one, Kuladin? Put on a dress and come to me, and I will see if you can be trained. Until then, be silent when wise ones speak. Basically, she just said, go in the corner and shut the fuck up. Yeah, it, it's, she is put in his place, and then Rand kind of goes on and says, well, my mom's Aiel. And Amos is like, no. Nope. Your father. And both of what? these statements. Both of these statements, because remember, we're in Egwene's POV, and both of these statements just oh, yeah. throw her <laughs> off a loop. She's like, wait, She's- wait, wait, wait. I remember Carrie Althor. She died when we were all really young, but I, re- I remember, yeah. She, she's maybe, no Aiel. She's not an Aiel, but maybe, like, she had red hair, so maybe, but I think there would have been a deal about it. Yeah, and Egwene is just thinking, this is bullshit, but... And then they throw out, not your mother, your father, and then she's like, what the what? Because Rand has not shared with anybody 
that he's pretty sure yeah, pretty much that only Tam is not his dad. Nynaeve knows. Yes. And Nynaeve knows because she was yeah. the helper of the wisdom at yeah. the time, right? Yeah. And she literally, I think she, she knows for a fact. Yeah. Um, and here, here comes Matt. I want to go to Viridian too. <laughs> this is great. Cooladin's ready to stab him with his staff. But He's straight up. He's straight up, like, stabs. Amos and the lane glow a sidar and knock him away. So another aha moment for Egwene realizing the wise ones can channel. But it's a shocker for both Egwene and Moraine. And again, no wonder Amos looks ageless because she has this inner power. Yeah. The true source, what it does to Aes Sedai, clearly must do for all yeah, channels. Yeah, it slows her, her aging. So so Cooldown's just pissed. You got two outsiders asking permission to go to Meridian. It's sacrilege that Matt even asked, but Melaine sends him and Ruark and Bear go back to your tents, and they all acquiesce. Uh, and we do confirm the larger camp is that of the Shido, which is where yep. Lydon returns. And I'm thinking, ah, shit. The larger camp. Yep. The bad guy's got a big camp. So now we can get into how Amos answers Matt. So at this point, uh, they so they send Kuladin, but they also send... Heron and Ruark away as well. Yes. Um, this is this is Ruidian business, and no one must hear this. So, anyways, Amos just tells Matt it's not permitted, but Mac becomes persistent. I must go. This isn't technically Ruidian, right? However, Rand just pipes up and says, "Matt's gonna come with me. You already gave me permission. Yeah. Deal with it." Yeah, I mean, he he has to go, but he doesn't. He doesn't want to tell them why because he's yeah. already said that he didn't get any answers from the snaky people, right? And and readers know why, but I'm curious, is Moraine putting stuff together? Is anyone else starting to put together? I'm, I'm sure Moraine is. Moraine Rand. would probably be the only one. Oh, uh, Rand might Moraine. be. Rand might be. Rand's, Rand's, Rand's pretty smart, and he's yeah. becoming pretty perspective, uh, perceptive. But Moraine does agree. The law is clear that women can only go twice, and men of the blood can go once. However, Sienna comments, much is changing. And Bear agrees that if he's the one, the time of change is upon us. It's yep. here. Aes Sedai stand on Shandar and on the line with his shifting cloak. So, and we'll get more on that, but Amos announces, it is done. She asks for their names and begins a very formal ritual. They all put their weapons down. Matt, all of his... Yeah. Knives. Yep. Can I can I read that? Um. Well, wait. Just okay. Pause right here. I think you and I should do a call. You can read that part, but then the ritualistic part, you can read, Amos or I can, but then we'll both read together the second part. You know, a call and answer. Okay. Which is on my screen. Did you just want to read Matt's part? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Okay. No. Well, I no. What I, what I really wanted to read is uh. If you have weapons, place them on the ground before us. They will be here for you when you return, if you return. Rand unsheathed his belt knife and laid it at Emma's feet. Then, after a moment, added the green stone carving of the round little man. This is the best I can do, he said. Matt began with his belt knife and kept right on pulling knives from his sleeves and under his coat. Even one from down the back of his neck, fashioning a pile that seemed to impress even the Isle women. He made as if to stop, looked at the women, then took two more from each boot top. I forgot about them. 
he said with a grin and a shrug. The wise one's unblinking looks wiped his grin away. I, I'm sorry. You like the RJ yeah. humor? Yeah, no, that's, that's hilarious. Okay. Wait. So there's, there's this ritualistic call and answer between Amos and the other wise ones, which I'm making Twitch join with me. Okay, so I'll read Amos, okay. and you can read what the others say. Sound good? So it starts with Amos. They are pledged to Ruidian. Ruidian belongs to the dead. They may not speak to the living until they return. The dead do not speak to the living. We do not see them until they stand among the living once more. And here Amos and the crew draw shawls across their eyes one at a time. And then the rest answer. Be gone from among the living and do not haunt us with memories of what is lost. Speak not of what the dead see. And then silence. The wise ones waiting with the shawls across their eyes. (laughs) And of course it's Matt who just quips, well... The dead must be able to talk to each other. Do you think we can bring our horses? And Rand, of course. I don't think so, buddy. Sorry, bud. <laughs> and they begin their walk to the castle in the sky. When they are far enough away to hardly be visible, at last the wise ones take down their shawls. Walking down to the castle in the sky. What a ritual. Where I'm going to go when the wise one said I die. They're dead now. Apparently <laughs> Rudy is the city of the dead. The I get a very the... Lord of the Rings vibe with it. Oh my god. So I love it. But the chapter, I love it. Don't the you chapter love this? isn't even done yet. I know, like, but it's just getting so That's like part one. Yep. <laughs> now we gotta get to part two. Okay. Oh my gosh. Okay. So a green impatient priss that she is. I better go introduce myself to Amos because I'm here, right? And I'm the whole reason to be here. And and it, <laughs> it sh- everything should be about me. Because I'm a green. Why is everything about Rand? Sure, Dragon Reborn, Kari Karm, blah, 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 blah. I just, <laughs> I'm more important. But power move by Amos who cuts off a green, insisting, Lan, you must leave. This is women's business on the line. And Lan has his moment waiting for Maureen to nod. Yeah. She does, and he heads to a tent. Amos continues to ignore Gwyn, and this is one of, I, again, I just love that. Gwyn, it's not your turn yet. Yeah. Hold your horses, learn a lesson. So Moraine asks, why do you call Lan one man? So we have an interpretation for on a line now. And Amos shares, do you want to read what she shares well, Yeah, Moraine, Moraine uh, asks, do you know him? And Amos says, we know of him, Asadai. The last of the Malchieri, the man who will not give up his war against the shadow, though his nation is long destroyed by it. There is much honor in him. I knew from the dream that if you came, it was almost certain Anne would as well. But I did not know he obeyed you. Ha, ha, ha. And Marie's like, um, <laughs> he's my warder, but he doesn't really obey me. He should. He's supposed he should. to. He's supposed to. Um, Lately. But that's really cool. Lan has his own name amongst the IEL. That is badass. That's, yeah, that's pretty impressive. But Aguin, One man. Aguin's sitting there bothered by all the ifs of the conversation and the uncertainty within it and realizes, okay, dream reading must not be straightforward. It's, it's not just reading minds. It's yeah. interpreting and it's still not perfect. Yeah, exactly. So next up, next section, Amos calls attention to uh, Vienda, who's more or less sulking. And Bear informs Avienda, the time for frolicking with the maidens is over. Grow up. 
<laughs> but Aviander says, I don't want to be a wise one. I don't want to. I'm we, like, I don't want to play we, with my oh, spears yeah. and my spear sisters. I'm in a temper tantrum on the ground, pounding her fists. Yep. That's my... That basically the equivalent, story. the I.E.O. pouting it. For the I.E.O., it probably yep. is it's, it's, that's, safe... That's probably as pouty as I.E.O. get yeah, right yeah. there. So <clears> I, I do a... think... Sorry to cut you off. Um, I do think that Kuladin is an exception. He seems to be very emotional and, and you know, doesn't think about what he does. Whereas I think most people in leadership, at least... Around the aisle are very poised, stoic. So Kuladin is exceptional in how much of a no? I think he's the exception. I think, oh. I think he's the exception. And I don't to the see rule. him as he's, a leader. He, well, he wants to be. He's trying to be. Yeah, a leader. but that's the point of them probably not giving him permission. Yeah, you don't have the characteristics yeah. that the leaders of the yeah. aisle need to have. So fuck off, biatch. So we get a small, we get bits and pieces of Amos's history because we learn she also had to give up the spear to become a wise one. And it was Bear and Kudalane, the other elderly woman. Kudalane? Uh, well, I think Kudalane was with them, but she wasn't. She's, she's not with this group. Are you sure? So anyway, oh, I see what you're saying. So Bear and another woman, Kudalane, had another to find wise one. Yep. Amos. Yeah. As well as forced her to carry a doll to remind her of how childish she was. I find, I, I have a lot of humor in the IELTS use of shaming. Um, it's not nice. I don't like it in our culture, but it is fun in a fantasy book to be like, here's how stupid you look. Apparently, Amos ran away numerous times, paid for it each time, and eventually learned her duty and obligation to the people. Yep. So, now Aguim puts together, oh... I had such an affinity toward Avienda because of the shared ability born in her to touch the true source, just like me. <laughs> and But it, it gets interesting because then that's the moment Egwene recognizes a similar affinity with Moraine, and this is the first time ever, and it's the small note, well, she is a distant woman. So Moraine keeps herself very purposely distant, and maybe Moraine's letting that guard down because she's learning so much right now too. Yep. Or Egwene's just getting better, which I'd also believe because Egwene is powerful. So once she can recognize it, maybe it's easier to recognize it. Okay. So moving on, the wise ones tell Moraine, they just read her mind and go, no chance of taking Avienda to the White Tower. We teach better, we don't coddle. Yeah. And Egwene's just like, you're calling that coddling? That was the worst thing I ever went through. Poor Avienda. Yep. And then this is where Avienda hands over her weapons. And each are just cast aside like garbage. And that's purposeful. Because yep. I want her to learn these no longer serve you. And your specific weapons will be fabricated into pots or toys that you will give away. So they will never be used for harming again. Do you have to treat her this way? Egwene demanded angrily. You are treating things she cares about as trash. She must see them as trash. Sianna said, when she returns, if she returns, she will burn them and scatter the ashes. The metals she will give to a smith to make simple things, not weapons, not even a carving knife. Buckles, pots, puzzles for children, things she will give away with her own hands when they are made. The threefold land is not soft, I said I, Bear said. Soft things die here. Sorry, I just, I, I love it. And it says the cadenceor that she just calls it out or something. It's the just another. Yep. Yeah, and then Avienda. Oh, new clothes will wait upon your return, and our dear friend strips naked. So that the cadenceor must be you got to go naked. 
I kind of want to see that scene. In the I know you want to see that scene. <laughs> I want to see Ariana naked. I just worry, I'm like, kidding, as a I'm person kidding. with a larger chest, I'm like, the pain. <laughs> like, there's, there's, anyway, we'll get to that very quick of why I'm worried about boobs. The wise ones allow Avienda to keep her loot from the stone as gifts for herself upon her return, or if you don't, we'll give it to your family. So, this will be a perilous journey. Yeah, yeah, they keep saying, if you return, if you return, they said it to. Uh, Rand, they, now they're saying it to Avienda. Right. And did you want to read about how Amos describes the object Avienda is to discover in Ruidian? In Ruidian, Amos said, you will find three rings arranged so. She drew three lines in the air, joining together in the middle. Step through any one. You will see your future laid before you again and again in variation. They will not guide you wholly, as is best, for they will fade together as do stories heard long ago. Yet you will remember enough to know some things that must be for you, despised as they may be, and some that must not, cherished hopes that they are. This is the beginning of being called wise. Some women never return from the rings. Perhaps they could not face the future. Some who survive the rings do not survive their second trip to Ruidian, to the heart. You are not giving up a hard and dangerous life for a softer, but for a harder and more dangerous. Yeah, so that sounds suspiciously like what the tower used for It kind of sounds what their accepted rings are, right? And Egwene is aware this has to be a Tarangriel, but yeah. I'm, I'm sitting here like, this almost sounds exactly what you went through. Like, Well, but, but those were different. arches, right? Yeah. Those were described as arches. These are described as rings. So I'm guessing, like, very, very similar, but, but just different enough. the arches were connected to a single bottom, I think. Oh, well, so I, I, I'm I, like, I, in my head, I'm like, I'm almost picturing the exact same thing. Yeah, I think the, I think the circles are also connected yeah. in, so. in, in, in an arc. Because she made that triangle, you know, connected like yeah. so, right? Um, and made the triangle with her fingers. So, yes, I think very much it's, it's a very similar setup to the arches. And, and, and then... Tarball. How do these people know that's what you need when you're a wise one and or a person who can chant? Like, who figured this stuff out? It sounds so strange. I, I who figured out that? I mean, think of any discoveries in our in our in in yeah. real world times. This like, is magic. Like, who, the best you're who, gonna get is what did Tesla? Like, who who was the first guy? How did the first guy figure out how to make fire? You you know you know what I mean like it might have how, been a woman whoa whoa no okay how sorry sorry how did the first person wasn't it in the movie Caveman though there was I a didn't. lightning strike and then I didn't yeah. watch Caveman I did okay there's not a single word in the movie yeah okay Melaine comes to Avienda and encourages her that she has the strength and a strong mind and strong heart are now her weapons. Avienda leaves. Now she's all, like, good to go. And she's like, I will beat the men to Ruidian. They can't run. And she takes off running naked. And that's yep. why I'm worried about her boobs. Because I'm like, oh, that might hurt. And sure, they, they haven't, they haven't, they, they described her as pretty. They haven't necessarily uh, described her as buxom. Okay. I, she might, she might not have a lot going on there. Either way, she's running naked I know. through a scorching hot she's desert. Get and I'm just thinking, no thanks, Tom no. Hanks. That is not my trip. But you can, <laughs> no thanks, Tom Hanks. But you can definitely, um, like, this is a high cost. 
what she's doing is a high cost and she needs to you know what I mean? It needs to be severe. Oh, that's yeah, that's sure. that's how the test is set up. It needs it's I and, feel and, and, and also and I don't know why, but remember, um the novices going to their accepted tests also have to get naked. Oh yeah. I know that. But they don't have to run through a desert. You're right, they don't. They don't even have to go outside actually. Yeah, and, and they get buckets of water poured on them every time they come out, where I bet I bet uh Aviana's not gonna get that treatment. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So, so Iguin, we keep going. Oh, of course. Freaking Aguin. Aguin's asking, is it time for my Teleron Riyadh lesson now? And Amos just comments about haste. Good job, Amos. We have been hasty because Avianda struggled so long against her toe because we feared the Shido might don veils, even here. If we did not send Randall Thorne to Ruidian before they could think. You believe they tried to have killed him? Eguin said. But he's the one who sent people over the dragon wall to find. He, he is he who comes with the dawn. And all I'm thinking is, yep, Shida, we're going to be a problem. If oh. The wise men thought potentially, the wise men might have asked Heron to join them. Maybe Heron was just giving some extra yeah. honor by not revealing. Well, I mean, we, we, we understand that this is uh, Ruark's clan, right? Yeah. And... Um, Amis is the wise one, or at least one of the wise ones of that clan, and also Ruark's wife. So we can assume that, yeah, Amis probably told him, hey, I dreamed that I'm going to Ruidin and I need you to be my escort. And Kuladin's going to be a little shit. And I'm guessing that when a wise one, because we get that not all wise ones are dreamers. And we also get that not all dreamers, we'll get there. But, um, uh... But I think that when a dreamer wise one says, I dreamed something, 99.9% of the IEO are going to be like, okay. That, that, that it's just fact. Whatever you dreamed and says that we have to do, we will do. You know what I mean? Yep. So I wonder how many times the, the wise ones just, when they want to get their way, even if they haven't dreamed something, <laughs> they just throw that out. I dreamed that it! That was, um, if anyone watched Coldplay's musical, Game of Thrones, the musical. <laughs> um, that was pretty funny. There was a moment where one... <laughs> One of the actors who I can't remember their titles in the movie, but he had kind of that special. He could see ahead, and the actor who played him wanted chicken nuggets and looked, and he's like, "Ooh, I wouldn't eat those." So the person grabbing the last chicken nuggets, and they're like, "Yeah, you're right. I'll eat something else." And then he, of course, grabs it because he wanted them. That's what I picture of using it to get the food you want. Okay, okay. Amos just comments. Rand does have his mother's eyes. Hello, Harry Potter. Um, and change is coming like an avalanche. So Aguin naturally, and you can't really blame her, she tries to learn more about Rand's parents, but Amos cuts her off with, that is his story, if he wants to hear it. Which I appreciate. If he doesn't want to hear it, yep. we'll leave it. Yep, I, I appreciate that. We're not, not... going to force you to hear something you never wanted to hear. I do want to, uh, I don't think, I, you just made me feel really stupid. I don't know if I've ever made that connection between... Rand looking like his father but having his mother's eyes to Harry Potter looking just like his father but having his mother's eyes. I don't think I ever got that reference. I don't even think it's that important. It's It's not. It's it's, it's, it's just like, it's just one more... And that's more that I'm a Potterhead and it bothered me. Anyway, I won't even get into it. But you know that that she wrote her books after Robert Jordan wrote this book, right? Yeah, she's the most recent of my friends. Although she... J.R.R. Tolkien. What's... Gosh... 
I really do like Game of Thrones. What's his initials? J.R.R. No, no, George R.R. Martin. George R.R. George R.R. Martin. Yeah. And then I do like, um, I like, um, who's my older buddy? Clive Staples. Lewis. I like C.S. Yeah. And there's there's bits of this that are Narnia-esque too, but I just appreciate fantasy period. And well, in Narnia and Lord of the Rings. Narnia it's, was it's, pre Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Fun yeah. fact. It was the first <laughs> like, one, and I read those before I read uh, Lord of the Rings too. Yeah. Anyway, but well, anyways, Lord of the Rings has some good moments though that remind me again. I'm like Ruidian. It's like the city of the dead. Oh, I love this. Yeah. Okay. Bear invites Marina and Aguin into their tent at long last into the shade and she just seems kind and welcoming like it's this final like okay let's we're done with business let's go take a rest and Aguin enters she's surprised to see servants in white coming to take the horses and inside offering some water which Aguin is just like gulping well and she she doesn't understand it because um you all have servants well, Avienda was so scornful towards the idea oh, yeah. of servants in the Stone of Tear. Uh, we're going to learn more about it. Yes, we are. But first, I put this in there in case I was supposed to, but bears of the Haido Sept of the Shardad Ail, Amos of the Nine Valleys Sept of the Tardad Ail, Malayan of the Gerard Sept of the Goshen Ail, and Sienna of the Black Cliff of the Nekai Ail. I'm not going to memorize any of those. I, I, I've read this so many times and I couldn't, I, okay. I don't remember the Nekai. You know what I mean? I don't. I, I don't remember the Jarod sept of the. I mean, I can say Tardad is Rurark. There we go. Um. Yes. Well, and okay, we know a couple Sharads, and we know sure. a Goshen. Okay. So, uh, both, um, I'm pretty sure it's Bane and Gaul are Sharad, are Sharad, and um. Chiad is Goshen. Oh. And Shardad. Is it Sharad or Shardad? It's Tardad and Sharad. Yeah, yeah. Um and uh and they have a blood like they have a blood feud and they pretty much like if they encounter each other in the waste, they pretty much just kill each other. Like that's it that's just what they do. That's so um the fact that I mean we've talked about this. Like yeah. uh Bane and Chiad became first sisters at the risk of death. Because their clans have this, Look. and and we can go into like the difference between Let's clans not. and seps and societies, but I I don't think you know if you ever decide you want to go down that route and question that because you might then we will, but for now let's just leave it at they're all different things. And we do get another cultural lesson that I'm gonna more or less skim because it is complicated, but the people in white are not servants so much as Gaishan. And this is really difficult for them to teach Outlanders, and it is. So Moraine, of course, requests the knowledge, even though Green's like, I want to learn about Teleron, Riyadh. But, 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 but training, 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 They clarify, you know what Jaito is, and, and Moraine says, honor and obligation. And they say, yes, we live by that, but it's more than that. And I'm going to summarize as, it's basically a way to keep honor to one's tribe by serving their captor for a year and a day, and it's a significant dishonor to shirk this duty to the extent the tribe might even send two to fill this to, to fulfill, to, the, to fulfill the the yeah. toe. So, so so G is honor, two yeah. is obligation, um, or toe is obligation, and uh, it's it's kind of similar to like at least and and this knowledge is coming from like reading James A. Missioner books and watching old shows, but. Um, the uh, a lot of the indigenous tribes when they would war against each other, um, there was a lot more 
honor if you like if if you touched a coup. You know, if you made yeah. a coup, that's just touching somebody without and killing. without killing or even injuring them, and then escaping as well. That's the hardest thing to do, and that's yeah. that's. So I feel like that aspect was very much taken from indigenous cultures. Yeah. So, um, and I see the honor in it. It's just really long and complicated. Oh, I don't know yeah, how yeah. important this will actually it's, be to the story, but it makes sense then why Avienda thought servants were terrible too. Yeah. Because in her mind, she's probably only used to the symbolism of. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you uh, guys shine serve yeah. for a year and a day, and at that time they vow to not pick up a weapon and to serve their captors. Yeah. Um, but then after that year and a day, they go home. They're released, and they pretty much like the captors and the guy shine might just leave it in the past, and yep. it, it never gets brought up again. And if it was to uh, be brought up, it would incur tow. Um, and so they'd have to figure out like how to fix that tall. And I'm again suspicious that the Shido are about to break a lot of those rules. People who, and just really quick, people who feel like they have toe can go to the person that they feel, even if the person doesn't feel like they have toe, they can go to them and be like, I demand you take me guy Shane because you, and then Bear goes into a whole story about something like that happening. We don't have to go. It's that boring. It's, 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 I mean... If you really like that stuff, if you get I'm it, sorry. it's funny, but I'm not gonna. But but yeah, I, I mean, it's definitely something we I don't can't. have to cover. Because there's just most more first reader stuff. podcasts do cover it, like that. I've, at least that I've listened it. to, so we don't. That's what I'm saying. So we don't have no. to. We don't have to go listen to uh, uh, Allie and Gus from Wheel Takes or or Brett and Danny. They went and do a lot of uh, description about it, so we don't have to. So Moraine is asking about the details in the letter she received, and how do they know? If what they're writing is true. And Bear says... Bear kind of interrupts Amos because Amos was about to talk. But Bear goes ahead and answers. There's much uncertainty even to a dreamwalker. And she calls Amos and Malayne the best. So um, they continue. The present is clearer than the future in Teleron Riad. Which makes sense. Things that are going on now are probably much more visible or whatever. Um, And as well, neither of them had seen Matt or Aguin in their dreams. And I kind of... I, that kind of makes me laugh. I'm like, see, Aguin, you're not that important. Yeah. Like, you interrupted Amos because you were seeking it out. She didn't, like, yeah. in her part, she wasn't. I mean, she told you to come to her. She didn't expect you this soon. She expected you eventually. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like. I just find it funny because that's a and, good example. And Matt, I feel like them not seeing Matt is very that's fitting for Matt because yes. he's kind of like the rogue. Right? Yeah. He's, he's, he's the one that it's does the unexpected. He's, chance. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But he's kind of like the Loki of the group. More important information, if Rand had not come, Rand would have died. Same with Lan and the Aiel and blah, blah, blah. Everyone would have died if they hadn't come and fulfilled. Yeah. Um, not that they're saying how. It was well, just, if they didn't do this part, death was coming. Well, and that's what the snaky people said to Matt. If you don't go to Ruidian, you, you will have die. sidestepped the the line of fate Love and it. you will die and many others will die as well because you didn't go to Ruidian. Um, Malane continues saying to Moraine, and if you don't go through the rings and then she pauses, damage is done. Uh, she's seen Moraine going through the Tarangriel that Avienda is going through. Yeah. So, and Moraine just, she and kind of t- keeps talking. Her, right? There's like, God damn it. Yeah, but Moraine just comments on the old tongue and its varied translations. And it this kind of unsettles the wise ones with her knowledge. 
especially translating Janail as the true dedicated, but possibly the only true dedicated. So possibly the, the only, only true, true Aiel. Oh, so fuck. Moraine is like kind of showing her cards now. Like she hasn't known everything, but this is what she's been holding on to. And, and she's then Celia Gwen interrupts. Let's talk about dreams now. Dreams. Dreams. And Amos dreams, is just like, tonight dreams, when we go to sleep, dreams, buddy. Dreams. She reminds me of the fucking uh, um, seagulls in uh, mine, 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 dreams, 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 dreams. And I, I know she's excited, but it is. It's like <laughs> Green. You're not the only yeah. star in this yeah. book. There, 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 there are things Hold happening phone. that, and and that's basically what Amos and Bear say. They're like, tonight, okay, we are dealing with other things. Yeah, you're, yeah. And they're actually very fair about it. It's like. When it's bedtime. You know? Yep. Like, I'm not going to go to sleep early. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Um, but this is where Moraine continues her side and just says, I presume I must go as Avienda. And even though the wise ones are unhappy with Malayne, and yep, it could even change things because their visions were always of Moraine demanding passage, not being told of it. But yes, Moraine strips and heads out the yep. tent door and runs. Yep. Yep. Can you believe it? See, I love that. Yeah. I, very interesting. Very interesting. I, I'm trying to imagine how the story would have been different if Moraine had actually demanded passage. Like, did she have more cards she was holding that she believed she needed to go through at Avienda? You know? I, and we'll never know. I would imagine that Moraine was planning on going. Because she, she she heard the description and she's she she she, she wants to see the see whole these time things or in, after Avienda went uh at the very least after Avienda okay. went, but I think that her uh the 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 dreamers basically telling her that she was going to be there on that day I think that probably led her into a train of thought uh, that I'm probably yeah. gonna need to go like there's probably something in Ruidine that I need to see you know what I mean like like. There's there's an answer there that I need to get. You, you, you know what I mean? That's true. And once she got there and they told Avianda about what she needed to go through and she realized, and I'm sure she had her suspicions, but she, because she, we've already gotten that she had her suspicions about the Windfinders, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, when she heard that description, she's probably like, oh my God, I wonder if Ruidian is another tre- treasure trove. Of uh, Terangriel and Angriel, just like the Stone of Tear is, you know what I mean? And yeah. And so, so, I definitely think she was going to ask to go. Um, she was probably as surprised as the other three wise ones when Malayne. But I also appreciate why they're so worried because it's it's your typical movie plot line of. Don't change anything when you go to the yeah. past, when you go to the future. Right. Don't touch anything. Right, right. Or back you'll come to the future. Back everyone will have three heads or something. Yep. yep. So I can see why they're worried about no, I get it. the fate of time. Whatever. 100% get it. Now, at long last, Egwene is the last one, literally the last person who's come over today. Sitting in the tent asking if Moraine will survive. Um... But they actually, here's her first lesson of Teleronriad. In Teleronriad, they cannot go to the Ogier Steadings or Ruidian and a few other spots. They don't know if she'll survive or not because they can't foresee that in their dreams. Yeah. Um, so then naturally, Green like, 
is it my turn to go to Ruidian? But it's partly motivated just because everyone else went. Yeah, she may as well I mean, go. she doesn't want to be left out. Of, you yeah. know, she she wants to go to the party too. Yeah, but she's pretty much laughed at. But at the same time, like, I she's probably not that worried about it because it sounds like it's probably a similar experience as going through the the Tarbrio. testing rings that yeah. she went through and in, Tarvalin, and she probably doesn't want to relive that experience. Yeah, and and Amos is like, no. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> Nope. Uh, don't. In fact, she just says, don't be foolish. We saw nothing of this for you, Bear added in a milder tone. We did not see you at all. She's like, well, uh, uh, but I wanted you to see me. And all right. But Egwene is just demanding, okay, well, then I better start learning dreaming lessons now. There must be something I can learn before a bad time. Yeah. Teach me. Teach me. There must be something. Teach me. And Bear actually does agree to tell her about Teleronriad general points. And, hey, Egwene, I'm going to say these, and you'll have to repeat all the important points to me or be sentenced to scrubbing pots, which, of course, Egwene thinks it's unfair. But did you want to read some of that? There's a big chunk of Teleronriad details. Sure, sure. Um, But first, I just want to touch on uh, Bear, like, when she's like, well, in that case, let's just go ahead and... Teach me all about uh, dreaming so I can, I can begin before tonight. And Bear laughs and uh, says, She is as eager and impatient as you were once you decided to learn, Amis. So it's, it's, it's once again, like, like, they're giving each other shit. Like, you can... I, it's, it, it, the way Robert Jordan writes is he humanizes these characters that, as far as we know, are only going to be in this scene. You know what I mean? We might never, ever see him again. Um, and it just, I, I love it. He, he makes me love these characters who we might never, ever even meet. So anyways. That's the end of the chapter. Big long round. Right? Um, yeah. Did you want me to, did you want me to read this? Because I just wanted to touch on, on that, how the wise ones treat each other, or at the very least, these four, right? But okay. Almost anyone can touch Talon Riyadh, but few can truly enter it. Of all the wise ones, we four alone can dreamwalk, and your tower has not produced a dreamwalker in nearly five hundred years. It is not a thing of the power, though I said I believe it is. I cannot channel, nor can Tiana. Yet we dreamwalk as well as Amis and Melaine. Many people brush the world of dreams in their sleep because they only brush against it. They wake with aches or pains where they should have broken bones or mortal hurts. A dreamwalker enters the dream fully, therefore her injuries are real on waking. For once, who is fully in the dream, dreamwalker or not, death, there is death here. I'll go faster now, sorry. To enter the dream too completely, though, is to lose touch with the flesh. There is no way back and the flesh dies. It is said that once there were those who could enter the dream in the flesh and no longer be in this world at all. This was an evil thing, for they did evil. It must never be attempted, even if you believe it possible for you. For each time you will lose some part of what makes you human. You must learn to enter Talon Riyadh when you wish, to the degree you wish. You must learn to find what you need to find and read what you see. To enter the dreams of another close by in order to aid healing. To recognize those who are in the dream fully enough to harm you too. And she just kept going on. Um, I do want to say that it kind of sounds like Horcrux. If you go into the Uh dream 
fully in the flesh. And you know, that was the only point I highlighted was it's very important not to enter the yeah, yeah. in the flesh completely. Yeah, and just I, like a horcrux, you're gonna lose yourself a little bit at the time. I'm, I probably did not need to read that whole thing, sorry. Well it was I didn't know it was important or not. So I know you said like people like the G Tai show. I don't I think it's really boring. I think that stuff is just boring unless it has to do with the book. At least I know Teleronriad has to do with it does have to do with the dream world. So that's why I was more like maybe some of this is important. Yeah. But it seemed to me out of all of it, it's funny you brought that up first because that was the only specific was losing you. Yeah. Losing yourself. And then it also seems horribly like foreshadowing. Like I bet Egwene's going to figure this out and abuse it. Maybe. Seems like something she'd do. Yeah. 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 And they told me not to, so I did it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that would be in character. Yeah. Right? But that... That's the chapter. That's it. That was only two chapters, but there's just so yeah. much, and I couldn't not talk about everything except, of course, Jishaito. I don't care. Uh, okay, that's fine. Yeah. That is just fine. All right. All right, now we get to our fuck, Mary kills. Yeah, a lot of good choices in this we do. chunk. We do. Um, so I'll just go with the first ones they came up with. They're not. I have changed some of them, but... Uh, fuck, Avienda, just pretty badass. I didn't appreciate her sulking, but you understand why, clearly. This is like, she had to say literally goodbye to her entire identity. Yeah. Yep. Um, but running naked, being like, yeah, I'll just outrun the boys, no big deal. Oh, yeah. That's great. Good job, Avienda. And she did find the portal stone, so credit. Credit to her, or they wouldn't have made it. Yeah, exactly. And she was very prominent in these yeah. two chapters. Mary I'll give to Heron just because, like, he might have been putting his neck on the line, escorting wise ones who didn't need an escort. Yeah. So, you know, I'm certain people read through what he was doing. So I appreciate it, and he still followed the respect and everything when Ruart came and talking to the wise ones. So seems like an honorable dude. And Killigween. And that was until we read it today, and I realized, man, she's just so yeah. impatient. I know she's yeah. excited, but... I also think I get a kick killing her because yeah. uh, she might be powerful, but she started out very whiny and prissy and look at me, look at me. Look oh, yeah. Me, look at me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yep. Mine, 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 yeah. mine, 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 my turn, my turn, my turn. Okay. Um, I actually am only going to... Actually, I'm not even going to use any of yours. Yeah, there's plenty. Yeah. I like I could have changed mine up pretty easily too. So, I am going to I'm going to marry Moraine. Oh. You're um, impressed with her character growth or what? Uh, yeah, and and just her courage. Um she's just I really enjoy her in this chapter where we're seeing like it starts with uh the chapter that we covered last week, yeah. Um, when when Rand was going through his plans, and it's from her point of view, she's adapting, and she needs to. Um, yeah, no, I really enjoyed her in this chapter. I'm gonna fuck Bear. Bear cracks me up. I figured she'd and, be on your list, yeah, and she's worth it. Yeah, no, she cracks me up. She's hilarious. The easy kill is Kuladen. It is easy. Are, um, are you doing it? Well, I'm trying to think, is there anybody else who's the, really, like, everybody else is fine in this chapter. Well, I, my original kill was all of the Shido. Yeah. Just because. But that's genocide. Is it? 
I'm sure there's other people <laughs> elsewhere. I meant all the Shido women. They're here, tent, they're yeah, here. That actually came to support a potential coup that they were planning. Um Yeah, I mean he's 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 the easy kill. Uh Egwene's the other easy kill. It she was. Yeah, yeah. Um I'm trying to think if there's anybody else Do you know what? And this might be the only thing I only time I ever do this. I'm gonna kill Avienda. Oh, poor Avienda. I've, I I, I love sulking. Avienda, but just the way like, uh, the way she treats Rand, and when he asks her, you know, if like white, you don't like me, do you? And she's like, you're you, you're neither. I can't like you. You're the Karikarn, and you just. I mean, I don't like doing it because I fucking love Avienda, but I'm gonna go ahead and kill Avienda. That's fine. And uh, she was whining. Yeah, I mean, she was, yeah, she, she was a little pouty. Although I com- 100% complete, re- completely respect your decision to fuck her because I also wouldn't mind doing that either. I think um, once you see her strip, you'd change your mind. Oh, completely. baby. <laughs> um, but, I mean, honestly, that can be said about most people. If I see them naked, I'm like, ooh, hey, how's it going? So, <laughs> I'm just kidding. we have some incredible stuff we covered. And it, um... Yeah, and the next, the, it only gets more wild from here. But this was just a lot. It was a lot, and it's it's good, though. So so next week, we are actually going to try and do three chapters, and they're big ones. And I don't know if any other podcasts have ever tried to combine these three chapters. We're going to try and do Ruidian, and then Road to the Spear, and Dedicated. So we will see how that goes. And... There's a lot, so next week we might split that into two episodes. We'll see how we're feeling. Yes. Um, But with that... Be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes! Thank you for listening to this episode of The Glee Man's Apprentice. The Glee Man's Apprentice is available on Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google Podcast, Breaker, and Radio Public. Our theme song is written by Twitch Avery and performed by Andrew Bard of Time.